Our offertory hymn is number 493. 493. Revive us again. It's all again we're glad to have everyone out tonight invite your friends invite your neighbors have them come out we want to fill this place up and uh, uh, I get the, the pleasure tonight of inviting my uh, my very good friend a, a longtime friend uh, to the pulpit to bring the message and uh, so brother Gene uh, I'm gonna turn it over to you and you take us home bro praise God love you brother love you, thank you so much yes. First of all, I want to thank you for being here tonight. 
to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. It's always a privilege to come into God's house and see God's people, you know. Or we can watch it on Facebook. It just ain't the same, you know, because there's something about the assembling of yourselves together, amen, in the house of the Lord. I know that's the way God ordained it, but we know what's happened here in the last year or so, and we're just having to trust God for the miracle, amen. But I praise God for a, a, a pianist that you have right here. I think we need to give God glory for her. Amen. Thank God. You know, you, you say we, you don't think much about it, but let me tell you something. There's a lot of churches that don't even have piano players. There's a lot of churches that are suffering right now, and they just don't have anybody to step up. So, so-and-so might say, well, boy, I'd play if I could. Well, don't. <laughs> you can't play, don't play with this lady. I'm telling you, sister, that was a blessing. That was a blessing. So it's good to be in God's house. And Jerry and I do go way back, way, way back, <laughs> back to middle school where we are. We frolicked and we had a good time, you know, trying to learn and went to Pinecrest together and just... Uh, Got some good memories, amen. And uh, but I'm so glad that God saved him one day because he was on his way to hell, amen. And I was, I was on my way to hell. But you know, I thank God that God made a way through the old rugged cross that we don't have to go to hell. That wasn't his intention anyway, that man die and go to hell. That was prepared for the devil and his angels. But if we're going to follow that type of mindset, we're going to go too. Amen. So our job as Christians is to warn them and to pull them out of the fire when it's possible. Amen. There was a church down uh, Lakeview. There's a church on the left going toward uh, Vass. Uh, they were they had let out one evening. The service had let out and, just, and it was kind of getting dark. And uh, they heard a big crash when they opened the doors uh, to go out. That was a big crash. And it was a car had hit another car in the rear end, and it exploded. And uh, by the time, I mean, they, they went out, some of the men in the church ran out there. It was too late. I mean, they could hear the screams, but there was nothing they could do. There was nothing they could do. And, you know, can you imagine, and that's sort of like, the twin tires, people jumping out of the windows because that was the best alternative. Isn't that something? Because nobody wants to burn to death. Nobody wants to go to hell. So why not accept Christ as Savior of the world, amen, to, to deliver us? Because that's what He's come to do. He's come to deliver His children, amen. If you got your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of James, amen, chapter 1. We'll start right there. Praise God. I appreciate the opportunity to come and, and deliver the Word of God to you tonight and, and tomorrow night and Wednesday night if you'll have me back. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, uh, I retired from Emmanuel Baptist. Uh, I was there 26 years and nine months and it was time to move on uh, I had I reached my retirement age so I checked it out I said Lord I believe we could live on that is it okay with you if I retire and he let me retire but then he's opened up doors where I can still preach which that's what I want to do until I die I'm, I don't I'm not retiring from ministry just full-time pastoring 
So I'm, I'm at a little church now called Liberty. I'm out there doing some interim work until they can find somebody. Their pastor retired. So I'll always preach. And the reason I know the reason I've got to preach is to warn them, to instruct them, to encourage them. We're living in a day that people need to be encouraged. And I think about, you know, I, I'm going to show you something. Uh, I like to use visuals a lot of times. And uh, there's roadblocks on the way to our revival. Okay? Because there's people that will make excuses as to why I can't go. Excuses will burn up in hell. We know that. But, but ch church, we got to realize there are roadblocks. If you're trying to do anything good for God or, you know, uh, witness or what, there's, there's a devil there trying to stop you. I'll tell you this, on the way here, an 18-wheeler pulled out in front of me, uh, went across the road. I had to ride away. I'm on 15501. And the 18-wheeler goes right across the road. And I mean, I had to almost stop. To I could have hit him. I could have hit him, but thank God I didn't. I needed to get to this revival. <laughs> Somebody's got to preach. Amen? Jerry would have done it. But the thing about it, that was a roadblock. The devil was trying to keep me from being here tonight. I'm telling you the truth. And, and he has probably hindered other folks from being here. Uh, Myrtle couldn't be here. Okay? But the thing about it, God took her. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's a good thing, but... There's a lot of things that the devil's trying to keep you from the will of God. He's trying, and he'll put roadblocks in your way to discourage you and to keep you from being motivated in the Lord. My Bible tells us I need to build up my, my faith in the Lord, my most holy faith, so that I can encourage you. This is not, you know, revival is to encourage the believer. Okay, it's for the church. Revival is for the church. But if the sinner is here, they can be saved. And I pray that everybody here is saved. I pray everybody's going to heaven. But the thing about it, somebody might not be. And if you're not, what a wonderful time to say yes to Jesus. Because you know what? I know there's what's called stage four cancer. My sister had it. She had prost uh she had uh <laughs> What what I tell you she had, sister? <laughs> anyway, she died because she had... But you know what? I thought about how the Lord has a stage four love for us. You know, that's sort of like the... That's it. You know what I mean? That's all you need is stage four love of God to get you to where you need to be and where I need to be. Praise God. So I want to talk a little bit about some roadblocks. So if you will, just stand with me for just uh, uh, two verses. Now let's go three. Let's go three. Let's go verse two, three, and four. And then I'll read some more, but I want to share this with you. James said in verse 2 of chapter 1, My brethren, so he's talking to the Christian uh, uh, people here, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That's many temptations, because don't we know that temptation comes in many different ways? Okay? So count it all. How are you going to count it all joy? Well, we'll find out. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire. 
wanting nothing. Wow. If we can get to the place where we're entire, you know, what makes me perfect is the Lamb of God. Okay? Perfection in us. We're not, we're not perfect of our own. And this world, we're not going to see perfection. But when He that is perfect shall come, we shall be like Him. That's what our, our Bible tells us. Amen. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. I pray, God, if we have that patience and endure with faith, oh God, that, oh Lord, we become entire. Oh Lord, we become wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Because when we got you, Lord, we got everything. We pray, God, victory, Lord, this week, God, here at Deep Creek Baptist, that souls, God, will be encouraged. That the church will get on fire and go forward in the things of God. Let us see these roadblocks that are keeping us from our revival that we might go forth in your power in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise God. You see, James, the half-brother of Jesus, he knew what revival would do to the city. Revival should turn the city upside down. I mean, that's what Jesus did. Here he comes, here he comes. That's what people ought to be saying about you and I. There, here he comes. You know, he's going to say something about Jesus. He's going to say, you know, it's going to be something, praise this or praise that. You know, and that's okay. You need to be in church and be the same in Walmart. Amen. You know what I'm saying? You're going to praise God here. If somebody shouts hallelujah, Walmart, shout with them. <laughs> praise God. I mean, I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm different, I reckon, but I, I, I'm just a little loud, and, and I don't care what people say about me or think about me, because I'm way past that. Amen. The thing about it, I'm not trying to do anything for a show. It's, it's to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. But when you start putting it out there, when you start... <laughs> Just saying, God, I'm committing, I'm committed it all. I've surrendered it all. We sing the song, I surrender all. Then we need to watch out because there's a devil trying to trying to bring some type of temptation trap your way. And that's the first roadblock I want to talk about a little bit here because it says in verse 2, knowing it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Count it all joy. How are you gonna count it all joy? Praise God. Who's going to have joy when you're going through a temptation? Well, see, what I believe is this. When Paul and Silas and Peter, when they were thrown in prison for different things that they did, they did it, they were doing something for God. And you can count it all joy because the devil, the devil ain't going to mess with somebody that ain't messing with his stuff. You know what I'm saying? If we start praising God and living for God and helping people, there's the devil. He's going to try to bring something our way. A temptation. A temptation. I tell you, I was at the hospital one time at the emergency room. And it was, it was at night. And I got called, somebody in my, in my church. And I was coming out of the emergency room because, you know, the parking lot's right there, right there at the emergency room. And I was going to my truck. And a beautiful, a beautiful girl come out. And she said, sir, can you give me a ride to Aberdeen? I mean, she was beautiful. And I, I, Lord, this is a trap. That's what I'm thinking. This, this is a trap. Temptation. What, what happens is temptation, it, it brings a lust to your flesh. Okay? 
and lust when it's conceived that means uh, it's just like a, a, a woman that conceives a, the seed of a man okay and she begins to birth what's, what's inside her when lust is conceived it will bring forth sin and then sin will bring forth death so we know that but anyway I told her I couldn't do it and I went on to my truck and uh I came, I had to come right back around, you know, and here she was. She said, Can't you please take me? And I know that this beautiful girl had plenty of guys or anybody she could have called besides wanting me. And I almost, once so I was going down the road, because I said, I can't do it. And I'm going down the road, and I'm thinking, It was probably a trap. Somebody could have set me up. The devil has set you up. You see, what the devil does is what we do as fishermen a lot of times. We, the hook is hidden. Okay? The hook is hidden in the bait. Temptation is there. There was a guy with a suitcase. He got on uh, just, just a riverboat going upstream. And he, he told the captain, he said, Captain, he said, uh, at, at port so-and-so, he said, when we get there, if you will deliver this suitcase to a certain place, there at the port, I'll give you $1,000. What it was, it was illegal drugs. And the captain said no. And, and he said, well, what about, what about $1,500? I'll, I'll give you $1,500 if you'll just deliver this suitcase. And he didn't know what was in it, but it just didn't seem right. And he said, no. And he said, what about $2,000? I'll give you $2,000. And he said, get off my boat. The captain said, get off my boat. He said, why? He said, because you're getting real close to the price that I would take. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a price. There's a price you'll, you'll take. Okay? But there's a cost you'll pay. Okay, so we got to be careful. Temptation comes to the greatest of men to bring them to the lowest degree. And I believe that with all my heart. Do we really want revival? What will hinder us from getting it? Amen? You know, I find out more than anything, it's not my brother nor my sister that's going to hinder me. It's going to be me. It, it, you know, we, we want to blame. We want to play the blame game and blame somebody else for for our selfish mistakes and our sins but let me tell you it's us it's us standing in the way of our own revival amen I believe that with all my heart because I believe that woman that had the issue of blood if, if she had just said no I'm not worthy and you know he's got a crowd around him but no she pressed through the crowd and when she touched the hem of his garment you know what she was made whole but she had to press through. We gotta press through. If I want revival at Deep Creek Baptist, I gotta press through. I can't worry about sister so and so or brother so and so. I got to press through for me. Amen. It's not my mother nor my brother that stands in need of prayer. It's me. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Y'all, don't get tired of me, okay? I got, I got a lot to tell you. Praise the Lord. I believe if we want to be stirred, then there's something that's got to stir us. Amen. But preacher, we want to be stirred. But, hey, 
you got to want to change. See, that's the thing. You can stir baking that cake. You stir it. You pour in different ingredients and it starts changing, don't it? If you just stirred the flour, it'd just be flour and it'd be pitiful. But you pour in the eggs and you pour in the milk and you put in the butter and you put in the vanilla. And boy, when you begin to stir it, it begins to change into something that's tremendous. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I love talking about food anyway. Hallelujah. If we want to change for the glory of God, we've got to be stirred. We want to be stirred, but we don't want to be changed. That's the way it is a lot of times. We want the walls of Jericho to fall all around us. But we don't want to shout. It's hard to get people to shout anymore. Praise God. Did you know Baptists used to shout? I'm telling you, they used to shout. I remember Red Branch. Man, the preacher up there, he left the pulpit. And this was when the mud, red mud was up there. He, he, he ran around the outside the church and come in. Now you say, well, that's foolish. Hey, if, if God tells you to do something, do it. That's so important. People are still talking about that today. See, I was just talking about it. <laughs> Praise God. You see what I'm saying? And you say, well, what did that mean? What did that do? Hey, it let people know that that man had something on with, with God. He, he walked with God and was not like no, like Enoch. For God took him. Amen. Because he's gone today too. Oh, we want, we want the shackles to fall off like uh, Paul and Silas in jail. But we don't want to praise. We don't want to shout. We don't want to praise. And let me tell you, God comes in when there's praise. When you got a pianist like this right here that can play, and boy, praise ought to be going up. Man, praise ought to be going up. Because when praise goes up, the power comes down. And you can have revival. You say, well, we just don't, we don't have enough people to have revival. Yes, you do. Where two or three gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. <coughs> it don't take but you and Jesus, hallelujah, and the Holy Spirit. Y'all can have revival. Praise God. Well, we, I, I want to know, do you want your bodies healed? Do you want your body healed? Yeah, preacher, we want it healed. Well, but I'm not willing to dip seven times to, to get it healed. We're not willing to do what it takes to get healed. And we're not willing to, you know, we say, I want my children saved. Well, you've got to live saved in front of them. Amen. You know what I'm saying? This thing goes two ways. Hallelujah. We're, we're living in a day where the gay lifestyle is so open. I mean, you can watch all kinds of things on TV now, and, and there's going to be gays in there, okay? Let, let me tell you something. I'm not trying to condemn. I'm just saying this. I love everybody. But homosexuality is an abomination unto the Lord. And when our churches freely open the doors and they allow them to sing in the choir with a gay lifestyle and preach in the pulpits, okay, and play instruments, it's not right. I'm sorry. You can throw me out tonight. It's not right in the eyes of God. They need to repent just like everybody else. The drunkard needs to repent, but that, that homosexual needs to repent. 
Hey, and when they do, and they have they have come away from that lifestyle, use them for the glory of God. Put them in the choir. Let them sing. Let them shout. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we've got a problem in our nation today when uh, political leaders have changed their minds. A lot of them have changed their minds about same-sex marriage. They're used to, they didn't, they didn't think a whole lot about it maybe, but they, they didn't condemn it. But... But now, I mean, they did condemn it. They, they said, oh, this is not right. But now it's accepted. Tolerance. How tolerable is God? God loves us. And I said he's got a stage four love. But he's not going to tolerate but so much. Because he's a God of love and he's a God of mercy. But he's also a... a it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. So we must be careful. Amen. So the, the roadblock I put out here first of all, and I'll try to get through this quickly, but it's temptation. Because it's a trap that the devil has set. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy each and every one of us. Amen. Because the, the hook is hidden in the bait. Always remember that. Praise God. You know, men don't usually confess uh, their temptations. Like... Well, I was tempted to stay home from this revival. They don't say that. They just stay home. I was tempted to commit adultery. No, you don't do that. You just commit adultery. Or I was tempted to rob a bank tonight. No, you just robbed a bank. You don't tell. You don't confess your temptation. You just do it. You just do it. Praise God. James chapter 1. Let, let's look at verse 14. 14 uh, and 15. It says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Amen. So that's where we are. That's what temptation can do. It can bring forth death because if we... The devil's going to lie and wait for you. Okay? And when he brings that temptation, and what tempts you might not tempt me. Okay? So he, he knows what kind of bait to use to get you. And he knows what to get me. So we've just got to be, the steps of the good man's got to be ordered by the Lord. We can't be like Gomer Powell, you know, and get out of step with God. And here comes Sergeant Carter saying, Pile! No, we got to be in step with God. We got to know what it means to be in order with the Lord. Hallelujah. So the, the first the first one is temptation, but the second one is double-mindedness. These are roadblocks that can keep us from our revival. See, the Bible says uh, <laughs> a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. It's just like the man says, well, I'm just not sure, preacher, I'm saved. I've had people come to me. I had a deacon come to me from another church, a prominent church. And he says, preacher, I've got to talk to you. He said, I'm not sure I'm saved. And what happened was probably just in his conversation, not mentioning any names, he's, all, he's already gone to be with the Lord. But the thing about it, something happened in his life. And he felt like God couldn't forgive him. And let me tell you, God loves you and God forgives you just like you would forgive your child. God will forgive you. He'll set you free. 
There is now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So just remember that. The double-minded man, that's, he wants you to live a double-minded life. Where you'll be one thing in church and one thing else somewhere else, you know? Double-mindedness. It has destroyed a lot of people. Because we can't be bitter and sweet, you know, at the same time. We can't come out of the same fountain. Praise God. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. It's just like on the job. I used to be on a job where I was a supervisor. I had a couple of bosses above me. And it was hard. It confused me because one would tell me to do something through my employees and then the other one would tell me to do something else. And I always liked to go with the higher rank, but it seemed like the guy that was a little bit lower rank had the biggest voice. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, it was hard. You can't serve two masters. You don't need but one boss. Our boss is God. He's in control. He's in control. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Moses, he, he, was, he was not double-minded when he told the people, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. And Joshua was not double-minded when he said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's not a double-minded man that's made up his mind. I'm, I'm going I'm to stay right here. I'm standing on the gospel. I'm standing on the promises of God. Some people are sitting on the premises, but we sing, I'm standing on the promises of God. I shall not fall. Amen. So, double-mindedness comes to keep us from our revival, just like when Thomas was in the, in, in the room with all the other disciples, and they said, hey, we have seen the Lord. You should have been here, Thomas. And he said, I'll not believe it until I put my finger into the nail prints and thrust my hand through his side. He doubted. He doubted because he wasn't there. You know, we can miss God. We can miss the power and the move of God. That's why we need revival to stir us and change us and to elevate us to a place. I don't want to be where I was last year. I want to have a little more knowledge. I want to have a little more wisdom so that I can help people to help them grow in the Lord. Amen. Don't stay where you are. Hallelujah. But double-mindedness will keep you there because do I go? You know, I call it squirrel religion. You know, they're in the road and here you're coming at 55 miles an hour and that squirrel don't know which way to go. And that's the way a lot of people are. Christians, they don't know what to believe because they're hearing this preacher and, and that preacher and this Bible and that Bible and this version. We need to listen to the voice of God. we got to get in tune with Him. Praise the Lord. Double-mindedness. Don't doubt God. Hallelujah. Then there's the roadblock of anger. Oh, I, I used to love to watch Carolina and Duke play. Coach K would get so mad. If Carolina was winning, oh, he would get so mad. Coach K, you could see four-letter words. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a red face. He'd get mad. We've got to, somewhere or another, if I want revival, I've I, I got to overcome my anger. Amen. 
Be ye angry and sin not, is what the Lord says. Amen. Be ye angry and sin not. Praise God. God gave us two ears and one mouth. <laughs> and that's for a reason. Amen. So we can listen, listen, listen. Hallelujah. Uh, but I've seen Christians get mad. Uh, y'all probably hadn't. But I, I think we all have seen Christians get mad. That's ugly. It's as ugly as Coach K, I'm telling you. When Christians get mad. And sometimes it's over the smallest stuff. Churches don't split over doctrine as much as they do the carpet color. Or somebody did something to the mop. I can't find the mop. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it ain't got to be nothing big. And Two years from now, you don't remember what you was arguing about. But the thing about it, that was the devil. That was the devil. He brought double-mindedness and he brought anger in on it. Because anger, it will block your revival. You come to church mad at somebody and you're not talking to them because they didn't talk to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's so foolish. That's crazy, man. Love everybody. Love them. You know, I kill them with love. I kill them with love. There's been people in my ministry I knew. There were some folks that were against me. I loved them. I loved on them. And sometimes you'll just love them right out of the church. <laughs> I'm telling you. But really, because what does it do to, to argue with them and to come against them? Love. Love conquers all. And I believe that. And that's what Christ did on the cross. He conquered all our sin. Amen. He covers it all through the cross. Hallelujah. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to church. So and so said they're going to go. And I ain't going to go. Yeah. <laughs> People's angry at their boss. They're angry at their wife. They're angry at their kids. You know. They're angry at the stove went out or the refrigerator went out. They're just mad. They're mad. Wow. You know, the scripture on that was uh, verse 19 and 20 where it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Don't you think you're trying to do God a favor by getting mad at somebody? You know what I'm saying? Uh, just love people. Love them. Hey, it, it, it's the best alternative. I have found that to be so true, you know. And you can't get that across to a lot of people. You can't. Another thing, another roadblock to our revival, and you know I could put about 20 or 30 of these out here, but I just brought four. Aren't you, aren't you glad? <laughs> Partiality. That's a big thing. Um, I, I, I had a man in my church one time, and he, he would use a bad word. It was the N word, and I did not like it. I, I told him, I said, man, this is not right. This Stop using that word around me. It offends me. I mean, I, I just don't do it. I love you. But, you know, he, he, he finally left the church. Because, listen, some things you just got to say stop. Devil, stop right there. Okay? We're not going to allow that. I know there's signs up if you're a hunter. And it says no hunting or no trespassing. Then if you go across that line and you hear somebody say stop, then you know you've been caught. You know, and you got to pay the consequences. But the thing about it, partiality is a big thing with God because He said, "I'll have no respect of persons." He's the God that loves all and everyone. He made us all. 
Why would you make somebody in different colors and different cultures, put them in different places, and not love them all because they're yours? We were made in the image, okay? In the image of God and in His likeness. And that says a lot. He, he didn't make the monkey that way. He didn't make the dog that way. He made us with an intelligence. But you, you think, well, you know, we're, we're getting weaker and wiser. That's where we are, according to Romans chapter 1. We're getting weaker and we're getting wiser. But we better wise up because we can't have partiality. It's wrong. It's wrong. And I, I got a, a, the scripture I want to share with, with you on that is in chapter 2, one, one, 1 through 4. And it says, It says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord of the glory, with respect to persons. For if there come unto you, unto your assembly, a man with a good, a good gold ring and a goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. <clears throat> and you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing. And say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place. And say to the poor, Stand thou here or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Yes. God didn't call us to be judges over the colors of people and, and the culture of people, but to love everybody. I'm glad that Jesus was willing to cross the racial barriers. Amen. And when the disciples, although he made the disciples go into the city and buy victuals, he knew there was a woman sitting, he, he would be, they would be coming to the well that he would sit on. Although it was a crossing culture and racial barrier, they were considered dogs. But Jesus, I believe with all my heart, saved that woman. He gave her life. Amen. She left her water pot and she ran and said, Come see a man who told me all things that ever I've done. Is not this the Christ? And they started coming from the city to find out who in the world she's talking about. She has slept with that one. She's been with that man and that man. She had five husbands and the man she was living with wasn't her husband. She was just messed up. But let me tell you something. We've all been messed up in some way in our own life. we got to quit judging and, and using partiality uh, as, a, as a crutch. Amen. Because it will keep us from our revival. I've got to love everybody. But you know, it's not that I got to, I want to. It's not, Jesus isn't saying you've got to love me. But you want to love your neighbor. You want to love people. When Christ comes in and does a perfect work in your life, praise God. His ministry reached across the aisle, if you please, okay, into Samaria, <laughs> and praise God, we got to quit looking on the outside of people, you know, quit looking at my clothes, quit looking at how I appear on the outside, because God looks on the heart, don't he, he looks on the heart, hallelujah, oh, it's good to have a beautiful church, this is so beautiful, I tell you, y'all have kept it up, the fellowship hall, man, this is a blessing, but if it, if it was just, you remember the old bulrushes. You remember if it was just pine, pine stumps we sat on our log and we was out in the stars, it'd still be okay. 
we don't want that because we got microphones and we got we got all the, the luxury. But you know, God can use don't despise a day of small things. Because Deep Creek come from way back 146 years. Wow, that's a long time. Hallelujah. We gotta quit looking at people on the outside. Peter, God had to get a hold of Peter. Because Peter was just going to preach to the Jews. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just going to preach to the Jews. The Lord let down a sheet with all kind of animals. Unclean animals. And he told Peter to rise and eat. And he said, not so, Lord. Not so. And he said, don't call anything that I've made unclean. Because he, he's made all types of people. We're all the same in his eyes. We're one blood. I, read, I, I bleed red. You bleed red. It don't matter our background. It matters who's in the background. Jesus Christ on a hill, hallelujah, died for our sins. He gave his life. So Peter had to repent of that thing. And he took the gospel to the Gentiles. He realized, hey, this is... There's becoming a paradigm shift. And I can't just do one way the same way all the time. And that's, that's the problem with church today. We want revival. But we want things to stay the same. And you won't have revival if it stays the same. I promise you that. There'll be changes. There'll be change. I'm not saying change the gospel. I'm saying methods. And I've told Emmanuel many times, we're, we're having to do this now. We're going to do it this way. Because you've got to change some methods to kind of keep up. Let me tell you, because you'll lose a generation of people. Not that you're trying to compromise the gospel, not so. But you've got to change some methods to bring it up. Just like, boy, we had a screen. We bought a screen that come down. And we put put the, the songs up there and the words of the message and boy I had a mess on my hands we're traditional we don't need a screen you know what that screen does to me preacher it hides a cross well not so we're going to put a little cross over here in the corner picture of a cross with the script <laughs> you know people can make all kinds of excuses why this ain't good this, this won't work. We ain't never done it that way before, preacher. Why don't you try it and watch God work? Watch God use the technology. Because there's, there's churches that will never update. But you know what? In just a few years, they won't have a church. They won't have a church. I'm sorry. You better get caught up on some technology in our day. You say, well, that'll, that'll ruin the revival. No. That'll enhance the revival. Praise God. We're in a feely, touchy sea. Illustrations that people want to see what's going on. That's why video games is, is big among the youth. You know, we've we got to have something to bring them to the house of God. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying water the gospel down. Don't you do that. I know Jerry don't. You don't water down the gospel. But you bring it to a, a new level where it can touch the youth. And it'll touch your church where it will grow and souls will be saved. I, I, I told you I was preaching at Liberty right now. And uh, we've been running anywhere from 15 to 25. And we just started praying, Lord, just send some folks, Lord. Just work it out. God, send some people in here that are not churched. 
And I, I walked out Sunday morning. After we got through praying that, I walked out. It was about 10 to 11. Because we just got through with Sunday school. I walked out in the parking lot and people were coming in. People that had never been there before. I mean, and uh, I went to one man. I, I just went to his truck as he's getting out of the truck and shook his hand and said, Man, I'm so glad to see you here. He said, Preacher. Now, I didn't know him. But he said, Preacher, I hadn't, I hadn't been in church in, in uh, three weeks. He got discouraged over something, and he ain't been to church in three weeks. So he came over to Liberty. And he said, I'm going to be back. I went to visit a man today, and uh, he said, Preacher, I'm coming. And I didn't know him from Adam. I first time I met the man. So you've got to put yourself out there. Okay? you got to go where the fish are. Now, I've said before, and I was wrong, Fish ain't gonna jump in the boat, but I have seen, I've seen situations where fish would actually jump right in the boat. So there'll be some people who just jump right on in here, but most of them you're gonna have to go catch them. Now don't clean them. You catch them and he'll clean them. Well, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with the church today. We try to clean them up. You know, we scale them more. We scale those fish. No, he said I'll take care of that part. I want you to catch them. Let them follow me and I'll clean them. Amen. So, man, with temptation and, and anger and all this stuff going on, partiality, man, we can't have revival with all that going on. You just can't do it. With a double-minded lifestyle where you don't even know which way to go next, you don't know what to believe, what doctrine. Listen, get in that Bible. We have a teacher. His name is the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and guide you and teach you all things that you should know. So, th that's my message. When he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That means we're going to have to wait on God for some stuff. I don't like waiting on, on the Lord as no better than anybody else. I don't like waiting on the Lord. I, I want it now, God. I, we're, we're in a microwave generation. I want it now. I put it in there. Boop, I got it. But you know, that's not the way God works sometimes. So de delay is not always denial. It's just wait upon the Lord. and He'll renew your strength. And you'll mount up with wings as eagle. And you'll run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. But wait upon the Lord. So temptation is that lust that's conceived and brings forth sin. Okay? Lust, lust is no problem if it's not conceived. You can look at a woman and not lust after her if you don't conceive that in your heart. But it's just as bad as adultery if you do. Y'all know this. I'm preaching to the choir tonight. But I love you in the Lord. I thank God for each one of you. Just want you to know there's things that will hinder your revival. There's things in this Bible that will keep you from the blessings of God. And that's not God's will for, for us at all. And I want to move these things aside. Could the sister come and play something on the... Do you have a song, brother? Yeah. Come on up. And uh, I, want to, I want to have a prayer with the church here as y'all come. Praise God. Would you bow your heads please and close your eyes. Amen. Because these are just these are just things the Lord had on my heart tonight. But 
He loves you. And don't ever forget, he will, he will knock down a door to get to you. Hallelujah. When those firefighters climbed those stairs in the Twin Towers, they had an objective in mind, and that was to save as many people as they could. I'm going to tell you, church, that's where we got to get. Oh, hallelujah. We have to sometimes go out of our way. Sometimes we got to sacrifice. And we don't know if we're going to get back home. But it'll be okay because we're going to a bigger and a better place. Lord, I thank you tonight. If there's someone here that's not saved, God, I pray they'll come and accept you by faith. Lord, that they'll believe in their heart that God, hallelujah, has raised Jesus from the dead as he was crucified and three days buried. Now he's raised. I pray, God, that you'd forgive us of our sins. And God, give us that revival that we all need. From the preacher Eugene to Jerry Wilson to Deep Creek Baptist Church that we would be on fire. We won't so much talk about this or that, but we talk about Jesus. We can't get you off our minds, Lord. So if there's anybody that needs to confess something before God, just do it. You can do it in your pew, but there's something about taking that walk of faith and just step of faith down the aisle. We're going to sing this song. Let's all stand together. Brother, come lead us. 433. 433. I surrender all. I surrender. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love trust him in his presence daily live I surrender all I surrender all all to thee my blessed Savior I surrender all all to Amen. Mm-hmm.